Welcome to the Digital Forester podcast, where we talk to foresters about how they are using digital technologies in their day-to-day forestry work. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Digital Forester podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jens from HD Log Systems, and I'm going to ask Jens to 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 fill in the blanks on the rest of his name because no matter how much I tried I don't think I'll ever get close so so Jens my friend why don't you introduce yourself thank you Kevin uh, I will my name is Jens Fulsang Røe or as an English person will say it's like Roji so I'll be fine with that also both by you and and other English-speaking people as well so awesome awesome well it's a pleasure to meet you you and I have not met before and whereabouts i'm calling from ottawa canada but whereabouts are we reaching you you today i'm actually sitting in the middle of denmark or in the darkest part of denmark as some people say uh, we have our main office in Viborg, which is one of the oldest cities in uh, in denmark so uh, in the middle of the country very cool so, so over here right now is evening so uh, <laughs> a little bit late working hours Yes, for sure. I appreciate you, you joining me on this uh, staying late. So I, I always like to ask folks who join the podcast to maybe describe their background. I, I looked at your profile <laughs> at LinkedIn. You know, at one point, I think I saw you were even doing some some gaming or, or game things. And so I'm really curious <laughs> yeah. to, to know how you got into where you are, because I believe you're the business manager now um yeah, yeah, yeah. systems but <clears throat> broad career that as far as i can tell didn't start in forestry but maybe share with our listeners your journey to how you got started and how you got to where where you are today yeah i, I definitely will yeah it actually has been quite diverse you can say um i'm 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 started actually as a carpenter so that was actually my profession for some years. But and after that, I joined the military and decided on carpentry wasn't really the future for me. So I took a little bit more school and got into the university for forestry in Denmark. So four years of training to be a forester in Denmark. And uh, that's like a profession uh, bachelor degree in Denmark. Um, one of the years in Sweden, learning about a little bit bigger forestry than we have it in Denmark. Uh, after that, I've worked three years as a wood purchaser, basically in Denmark, but also in Sweden and the northern part of Germany, mostly for export of logs to uh, China as the main area, but but for the whole of Asia. So it's uh, <laughs> it has been, actually been a quite long travel. And I do think that what got me into forestry was basically just managing nature at some point. And yeah, I ended up in a little bit more commercial part of forestry. You can say with the trading, a lot of my fellow students were in, ended up a little bit more in, in production or in, in like managing of nature, even the open part of, of nature. But uh, but forestry really got it to me and, and the commercial part definitely did. So Very cool, very cool. So would you say that was part of the plan or? or yeah, was- no, not at all. <laughs> But sometimes that's just how life goes on, I guess. So, uh, yeah. So I've got, got some great uh, possibilities doing the way. And, and yeah, just said, yes, this sounds like a good idea. Let's do this. Yeah. So, well, uh, well, with a carpentry background, I'm going to assume you have fantastic woodwork items in your home. Or maybe you yeah. just completely <laughs> left that behind. But I suspect it's still no. a bit of that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely still have that. But I think it's like probably like a profession disease or something, whatever you would call it. This is like going back. I started building with the final product from forestry and now I'm heading back to how to really make the final product that. So, so I think it's my own little travel in, in, in wood industry in that way. So uh, for sure, quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So maybe introduce us to your company. I know you've yep. been traveling a lot and we'll we'll talk about that and maybe uh, why you mean traveling a lot, but maybe introduce us to your company because I know looking at the background of the company, it's it's related to a much larger set of organizations yeah, yeah. with several hundreds of employees, but yeah. maybe give us an overview of who your company is and the relationships and and some of that work, uh, how you fit into that large organization and that green economy 
Yeah, well, well, the the company is actually quite old. Uh, it's called Hede uh, Denmark, and that's our our operating company. We actually owned by um, it's it's called a commercial foundation. So <clears throat> it's called Hede So they have like a, a, a different way, or a, at least a different set of rules for the company. At least what what the the idea of the company is, and then the operating company Hede Denmark is. Is where we make the money to to for the foundation to 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 exist. So um, the company is what was actually established for more than 100 more than 150 years ago uh, by a guy called Enrico Dalgas, a Spanish guy traveling to Denmark, and actually taking a lot of um, unfertile land in the western part of Denmark and um, and cultivating it and and making it productive, even if it was like turning more land into to farming or or even forestry instead uh, so that's like our main owner or <clears throat> at, at least uh, uh, his capital is our owner of the foundation and then our operating operating uh, company the Denmark is is where our business is located and that's really where we get those letters as well the HD that is Hede Denmark that part of it so in our forestry division, we have like several different business units, HD seeds, they of course find seeds for different species around Europe and to, to plant in, in Denmark or in, in Germany. We have like HD silver and they trade or locks and, and in Denmark and in Sweden and Germany and also for Asia now. So they actually bought a, bought a, a, a smaller Danish company and, and put that into the group as well to, to uh, to, to have a better stand than that and and also like uh, trading <clears throat> oh, sorry like investment part of uh, forestry in the baltics we also have a, a part of the division is is the is investment for for bigger investors to 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 make quite huge amounts of investments in in the baltic forestry and and then we of course take care of the the land and and make sure they have a, a profit on the beside all the value value profit they get from that so so there's a lot of different units and one of these units is of course also our part with with the hd lock systems so um, <clears throat> and that part has not in this form but it has existed for at least the last 20 years i think so uh, it's actually quite interesting that part yeah, for sure well i'm glad i didn't wait make a bet with you on what hd stood for because i would have said high definition and clearly i would yeah. have been anywhere close <laughs> whatsoever to it could have been <laughs> it could have been i know eh? yeah. like it actually be quite perfect there so yeah exactly exactly yeah, very cool very cool i so think maybe... that's, that's a new new way for us to market it definitely yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so so maybe walk us through or walk me through the journey because i know in 2000 there was a gentleman that that I believe saw something in passing in a completely different space and had yeah. this idea to say, hey, I'm going to try and do this. And then that created, I believe, your first product that won several awards, innovation awards, has been in use, all sorts of places. But maybe start us off with that story and then yeah, we'll I will. the latest and coolest. I definitely will because... It was, it's, you know, stuff like that just come up the weirdest way. Uh, it was like my, my colleague Lars, he has been working in the company for more than 25 years, actually started as a forest worker, planting and harvesting stuff like that, like manual job. And he started working with measuring uh, stacks of raw wood in the forest. And in 1999, we had a big storm in Europe. And there were a lot of wood to measure. So he was probably walking around doing that and think, thinking there might be an easier way of doing this. This is this takes too long time. And he read an article in a Danish newspaper about sequencing white and red blood cells with um, uh, photogrammetry, you can say. So just by the shape and the color, a computer could tell if it was a red or white blood, blood cell. And he thought it should be possible to use this on locks as well. So they actually started into some development and testing and see if this even possible. And they come up with a solution where a computer program could actually see what was locks, what was the end surface of a lock in a stack of wood, how big it was and stuff like that. 
from from uh, from technology used in the medical industry. So that was basically where it all started. Uh, at that point, they took pictures with digital cameras and took the SD card and sent it in by mail to like someone who had a big enough computer to, to manage this. That of course evolved quite fast when we got better smartphones and stuff like that, that you could take the pictures from the smartphone instead. And of course, someone should sit there and put on the polygon of the stack and stuff like that. But at least they got started on, on the development that uh, ended us up where we are today. Yeah, yeah. So I that that's like log stack pro, I think is the the first one. Yeah, actually not. I actually don't know the name of the first one we had. It's yeah, it's now 24 years ago or something like that. They started. But the the system that really gave the big breakthrough in um in this area was that Logstack Pro. That was built on a um an um bigger tablet with a stereo camera on it so the stereo camera is used to put on the size reference for of the the picture you're basically taking basically we are taking a video of a, the surface of a stack and the system is stitching all the images together to like a big panoramic uh, image and use of the stereo camera technology where you know the distance distance between the cameras we can actually put a perfect size reference on that picture and then using all the technology and work they have done on the machine learning of finding the logs, that part is done automatically. So the system just needs to take a big panoramic picture. We know the size reference on it. And the, all the augmented reality puts on all the log surface on this picture. And then we know exactly the volume. So that was basically the big breakthrough of the Logstack Pro. Yeah, very cool, very cool. And and when when the company and Lars and and other folks were doing this, this is pretty novel technology. It's like pulling photogrammetry, some machine learning, mm -hmm. new tablet, you know, stereo cameras. How was the response from the Danish forestry industry and maybe even the EU forestry industry? Was it was it a walk in the park it was easy people said oh this is fantastic or was there some proof proof that the team had to do to to showcase that that this really worked and was a viable solution yeah you're hitting a soft point there because you know like i wouldn't call forestry like we're not like not cooperating but we are probably a little bit conservative on new technology in forestry so I don't think that all the people they told about it in the beginning, they were having their arms above their head cheering. I think it took a lot of, con uh, they really have to like convince all the new users that, that this was actually a good system. What they did was actually, uh, it, it takes a little bit of the background story. When you have to trade locks in Germany, you have to actually measure all the locks with a certified systems system. There were only one other system at the market doing certified measurement with photogrammetry. So they actually got the Logstack Pro certified. At that point, no one could say that it's not measuring right because it was certified by the meteorological office in Germany. So people do start to get convinced that this is actually working quite all right. So that was a big step of learning people that this technology works, it's faster, all the documentation is better for you. It's better for you, it's better for the purchase of the wood. So um, it do takes quite some time to uh, to learn people that this technology is is usable in forestry. So for sure, for sure. That, that was a very uh, diplomatically correct way of describing <laughs> the forest <you>. industry. <laughs> very well done. And, and so maybe for some of our, our <clears throat> listeners that may not be as familiar with forestry, I know on the website, there's this great video um, showing um, Logstack Pro compared to how it used to be done. Yeah. And, and literally, you know, like within a couple seconds, right, the, the, the person operating the Logstack Pro was already like on the neck deck and, and like just moving forward. But maybe for folks who don't, uh, don't come from a forestry background, can you describe 
the the old process of measurement and and I suspect it's very manual with actual yeah, yeah. measures and then um, and then we'll go from there because I know you use that term met metrology which or is very unique but maybe start off with how was it done before and 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 given your story with Lars uh, I'm curious to well well I'll get to that I'm curious to know what he's doing now but maybe for our our listeners for context what was the old school way of doing it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you can call it the old school, but it's actually still applied in a lot of places in the world. But but basically, if you have a, a, a lock stack that we would say in, in Europe or a deck of, of locks, as you probably call it in the US, you would divide it into um, uh, sequences. So what can you say? Um, if it's like 10, if you have a lock deck that's 10 meters long, you would probably divide it into two segments of two meters. And each of these segments, you will like put a, you will mark it with a, with a spray, and you would estimate the height of this segment. So you will like do an optical um, estimation of this block. This is two meters and twenty five centimeters high, and you will measure each of these blocks. Of course, the stack is not square, so you have to like imagine if I would make this part square. This is how high it is in this section. So you would measure all sections of a stack on front side and on the back side. And then in Denmark, that's probably the easiest example to tell. We are using like a Swedish uh, uh, conversion method where we, of course, when we measure it like that, we get the gross volume. We want to get the net volume of how many, how many cubic meters of blocks we have in that deck. Um, so we have a conversion system where we decide on depending on this on the species and the length of the species and the diameter of the species so we basically measure each diameter we measure 100 diameters in a stack and we get an average diameter and that gives the system some points so we could for norway spruce you will like start up at 71 that's like 0.71 percent and then depending on the length and how the stacking is done and, and how much debris that will be in the stack, you'll get different point plus or minus. And then you'll end up at some point like 0.69. So 69% of the gross volume of that stack is wood. And that's how it's traded. And I would say the vast majority of volume in Denmark are still traded like this. I think the vast majority in, in, in Europe are still traded like this. Of course, bigger countries like Sweden, where we learned the rules, they have actually converted to a system where the measure on lorries most of the volume at the mill. We are not really there yet because the Danish um, the, the Danish um, forestry uh, industry is really not as big as the Swedish. We are like one percentage of the size, maybe. So there's really no reason to to evolve in that way. So that was also why the system got made for the Danish. So so it is a very manual way of doing it, and of course it takes a lot of time, and there's a big risk of making mistakes. And the biggest risk really of the mistakes is like everyone when you have done it for a lot of years, you will of course use the conversion factor, but you are basically biased. You see a stack, you see a deck, and you know where you're going to land it. I know this one will be 0.69. And you don't even have to argue. You just land it there because you just know. And these guys are, are very good. They have done it for many years. The difference from that to our system is like objective. It just measures what it sees. You have to see, is what I'm seeing on the picture, is that right? Good. This is the percentage of luck instead. So that... It's a big difference, you can say, but the results will, yeah, in, in basic terms, be the same. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, well, thanks for providing that description. As you were, you know, telling that story, I, I was even getting tired without even having thinking about doing the work, all the manual <laughs> measurements, yeah. the the accidental decimal in the wrong spot, and you know what what exactly. did go wrong. But it also made me laugh because, uh, <laughs> you know, the foresters have subject matter expertise and yeah. and sometimes you know as we're bringing new technology it's uh 
you know, Jens, it doesn't matter. I know it's like, you know, I've been doing this forever and yeah, yeah. Right. And they have. Like your, your stuff doesn't, it isn't that good. It can't be me, right? No, we, no. We've exactly. heard it all before. So yeah. yeah. So very cool. And so with, with Logstack Pro, um, it's been out, it's been available for a while. And I think yeah. you hinted, you know, it's been used in Denmark. Where else has it been used? And, and was there a, a domino effect that once you started getting the traction, that certification in Germany, then then it was smooth sailings after that? Yeah, we have our main market in actually not in Denmark, but in Germany where the certification rules are provided. So that was really our entry to selling the system in other places that in our own company, you can say, or using it in other, other companies. The production of units ourselves and, and buying in the cameras and 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 having like a 3d model for putting in the cameras and all that work takes a lot of time so a couple of years ago uh, our developer he was saying like apple is using these they have like this new leader stuff in their camera equipment we should we should make a new system basically on the same but using the leader scanner in the cap in the apple for for establishing the size reference for this and it took probably some convincing, but when they finally decided to do this, we developed a system. It's basically, basically it's the same. The technology behind all the machine learning is the same, but instead of we have to produce system ourselves, which take a lot of time and had a lot of lead time on de delivering it, we now have the same system for Apple's pro devices. So the last three generation of Apple pro device, you have the built-in leader sensor and it does the same job. It actually is better than the old system because the resolution on the camera is even better. And it's the, the microchip they put in these new system. It's just insane. They are so fast. Yeah. So, so that's so, actually where we are with the development right now. That's our newest product we just put on market a couple of months ago. Yeah. So, so that's the log stack uh, LIDAR. So this develop. So, okay. so before we jump there, I'm just curious this. So you said this developer came up and said, you know, the, the, the iPad pros have the LiDAR <laughs> system in it. The previous version, like how big is the development team? Like, like, is it hundreds of developers who made Logstack Pro? No, 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 no. It's a very small team. Uh, basically, of course, the group was bigger when a lot of work was doing because we hired in some people to do it. But it was basically Lars, my colleague, and and then our vision guy doing that, all this cool stuff that we have no idea about. Yeah. It was them working on on this. And of course, the group was bigger because it was like a big investment for the company. But all that faded out to us being only us back again, just selling the system. So yeah. I guess at that point, there were like four or five guys working on this. Yeah, And of course, a lot of testing. And we had a lot of... Um, we call it machine learning, but basically we have had like people looking at all the images, placing the circles a little bit better. The system gave a guess. We placed the circles a little bit better. And all this learning, how to put these circles on each log surface is what makes the system unique, really. So it has taken a lot of hours learning the system, how to place these circles exact. Right. That development will often be forgotten because it, it's behind all the other things yes. but it's an important part of the, the whole development of the system yeah so it almost sounds like the the software side uh, you need it but but maybe what i'm hearing is that reinforced learning with your machine learning feeding it back yeah. corrections yeah. is where the there's a lot of secret sauce or magic thing. exactly that's really where the magic is happening yeah. yeah very cool very cool so 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 you know going from the to the lidar I'm dying to know Lars was the original guy, you know, the photo, the, the stereo side was, was this a, yeah, let's do it. Or was there even maybe a bit of, uh, you know, time goes by <laughs> and did Lars become the guy going, well, why do we need to do it? And, and I'm just curious, yeah. but, uh, how did he react to the proposal from this developer? Yeah. But, but basically, you know, they just got the new system. Lockstack Pro, it was like top of the line. It, we were the only one in Europe having a, a tablet certified by, by the German Metrological Office. That was a big step, even that. So when the developer said, I think we should just 
forget about all that and we'll make a new one for iPad. They were like, mm, probably not a good idea because now we just invested a lot of money. Yeah. So I think it was a big step for them. This was all before I started in the company. So it was a big step for them deciding, okay, we'll do it. But when they when they finished it, they were like, why did we even want to make the Logstack Pro? This is so much better. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. the, 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 the possibility of, of using the system worldwide is much bigger than a system where we have to build it ourselves. Of course, the Logs, this would never have happened without making the Logstack Pro. That was for certain. We should have, we, we couldn't have gotten to the Logstack leader without the Logstack Pro. Yeah. But, but still, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well, it definitely sounds like, you know, that whole machine le- learning model well, yeah. the pro contributor evolved it to a point that made the, the next evolution that much more yeah. easier. So, so maybe talk us through the, the log stack lighter, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are saying, uh, like, like, let's get to the meat. It's like anyone who says <laughs> LiDAR gets all excited and then yeah, yeah, of course. everyone's pumped about that. So you mentioned it runs on an iPad Pro. Yeah. Um, they have the LiDAR sensor. I have one just to my left right now. I downloaded software myself. Looks like beautiful software. I haven't run the demo yet. I'm going to, I'm going to go do that later uh, today with the kids and, and have some fun with them. But it's sounding like it's taking pro the Logstack Pro and, and leveraging the the laser for measurements and automating things. Is that a, mm. a fair statement that the step change is there? Well, <clears throat> I think actually last thought it was quite interesting, even though they just spent like two years developing the other system. Because of course, guys working with this, I think all development is fun. So it probably took some uh, <laughs> some some degree of, of persuading our, our the boss to, to say, okay, we'll probably do this. This is a quite big investment. So so they did, and the developer said that this this could be done. So so they did change the system, or they at least made a new system. We're still working on the old, old one because that's the one that's certified in Germany. So, uh, so yeah, I think Lars was actually quite happy, even though it was a <laughs> big step jumping to a new platform. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I played around with the tech myself. It's super cool. So, so with that stack or or the deck and potatoes, potatoes, depending where you are in the world. Yeah. So really, we're pulling out. We're we're counting the logs. We're getting the diameters of the logs. Um, what else are we we getting? Is it doing some species, or is that coded in? Um, yeah, <clears throat> species we're not working with. It doesn't really have the information to to do it. It will take a lot of work to machine learn species. It's not really relevant for us because we in Denmark we put one species in one stack. We don't normally don't mix it, but even if we do, the user have the possibility to say, okay, it's fifty percent this and fifty percent this. So right. that's some of the tapping in you have to do it through the form of the system. Yeah. So it basically measures, it puts on each circle on on the picture that you see. So each surface of a lock, it puts on a picture on a circle. And all these circles are combined with a polygon with a, we have made like a system to how to, to draw the polygon. So you can't even change the polygon yourself. It's the system telling you, here's the polygon, this is where it's placed. So we have made like an old, our own algorithm to put on that. So none of this is interfered by people. Yeah. The biggest advantage, because there is a lot of other systems on the market also basically most of them are based on taking one picture, moving five meters, taking another pictures, and you're making a big, um, making a big panoramic photo that way. But then you need to put in a size reference. So you have to put in one uh, stack that's one meter long, or you have to make mark two points on the stack and measure this is 14 meters. Of course, there is a way for people to make mistakes or even decide to cheat if they want to. With this system, you don't have any influence on the size. You just measure the stack. Everything you're doing is being put on the picture. So all logs that you add, if you add extras, because one were missing due to the technology defining it, you can see everything that has been added. So you, you basically can't cheat with this. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's, that's cool. that is the biggest advantage of using leader technology 
for setting the size reference of these pictures. Yeah, so so by the sounds of it, yeah, and really the LiDAR, as you mentioned, is a size reference. It's less about recreating a three-dimensional representation of a stack or yeah. deck as opposed to making sure that your delineation of the, the circles are better, the measurements are more yeah. uh, precise. And I think also from the website, what's what I thought was unique is you're, you, you're going both ways in the, the deck and you can somehow correlate the front and the back together to ensure yeah. that the integrity. Is that right? Well, <clears throat> as you said, you can measure the front and the back side of the stack. And and for the Logstack Pro, that's really the big advantage of it because it is the only system in the German market, at least, that's certified that you can actually carry to the backside. The other system is placed on a car. So it actually is the only system that certified can measure the backside of, of, of the stack. And it's really an important part of the development of this because we have we, we known because know because we have we've made a lot of tests on this and when the logs gets over a specific length the you need to measure the backside otherwise the result will not be good enough so it's it is actually quite important to to remember to have this backside measurements of the stacks um, you've been traveling a lot. I've been what? Well, we've been we've been trying to connect on this podcast, and, <laughs> and I know as I watch, I'm like, oh, it's like you know the HD the logging team. You know, they're 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 out somewhere in Idaho, somewhere, and then the next thing I know, yeah. you're somewhere else. And that's why before we did the podcast, I was like, I was like, man, where are you? And you're like, Denmark, <laughs> at least you're home because I know you haven't yeah. been home for a while. Maybe share with oh. the listeners how what the the feedback from the the forestry industry in Europe and and I believe North America you've been out over here. What, yeah. What's been the response so far from from people with boots on the ground? Well, well, of course we've met some people saying, "Hmm, is this something for us? We would do that anywhere. We would meet them." But but honestly, I can say everyone just loved this technology. When we show it to people, when we let them measure a stack themselves. You often see like kids when they have get a new game or something, they're just smiling. And and when you see grown up people standing there measuring and deleting some logs that were caught wrong, they're just actually smiling because this is so easy and it's so fun working with this. Because why ever use a measuring tape when you can just walk by a stack and film it like that? So the whole interface of it, it's it is actually quite good also. We, we don't have to to be, uh, yeah, we can honestly say that it's actually quite good, but it's easy for people to use. And when they see the result that is right, it was the same result that they measured the stack five minutes earlier. That everyone gets convinced that, okay, this is the future in technology. We have to do measurements like this. It's just easier and it's transparent for everyone. So I'll say no matter where I've been traveling from, the eastern part of Latvia and Lithuania, all the way to the western part of the US, people are like nodding when we are discussing the technology and saying, okay, this this is the future for at least this problem or this this work in forestry of measuring stacks. It is uh, this is the future technology. Yeah, and I suspect then the the question, the comments come of Jens, it's like, can I do a free pilot or, or some <laughs> type of thing where you're like, it works people. We just showed you. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It. And uh, so, yeah, that's, yeah. that's part of the role. So maybe for our listeners thinking about the, the software, um, is there a price <laughs> point that you can share um, or is the answer, it depends because I know there's also a cloud, there's a backend piece that, I, yeah. that I'd like to talk about, but just for our listeners in terms of order of magnitude, is there a sense uh, of price that you're able to share with, with the listeners? Well, yeah, basically I could share it, but, but it, it would only make sense for, for like, for the, for the market really. So, so the price for system should be compared to, to whatever market we are, we are operating in and. And we can honestly just say for the European market, we we are it's quite cheap. I would say the the the, the system is is made. It's 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 working as this. So so there's really no need of putting a lot of big investments into whatever we got right now. So if you were compared to what you save on it, we should probably charge ten times the price on it. But it has to have like a low entry level to to people to want to go into the system and 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 buy something like this. But yeah, that's that's one pricing, and and in Europe we're doing it 
normally as like a cubic meter price. So it only costs you the volume you have like turnover. So so if you don't if you don't measure anything, it, it, it you basically don't have any 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 price of it. So but of course the price will probably not be the same everywhere around the world and will probably not even be the same type of uh, price set you can say we might even do like per measurement or per, per loose cubic meter or something else so, so it's it's difficult to say like the real price but but i can only say people just <laughs> give us a call and I, I think they will find it interesting that's that's all i can say yeah it's a great business model because again on on based on the cubic meter right it, it's, yeah. it's usage based or uh, um, and it's also easier level. easier decision making for for the customers because this the step in is not that steep yeah. like you, you can test it it's not that expensive for you you have to pay like a thousand euro uh 1500 euro or yeah two thousand dollars or something then, then you're in then you can measure some certain volume and if it doesn't live up to what you expected you can just stop measuring and then you're yeah. back out so yeah. And, yeah. and the good thing about technology like this is that if a customer in southern france or in italy or in lithuania somewhere decided to to test it it's it's no longer than a phone call away and they went going down to the hardware store picking up an an, an ipad for for less than a thousand dollars and and they're on with it they're out, out there measuring yeah for sure 100 percent. and and the mills speak in cubic meters so they can relate to that that cost yeah, yeah, yeah. there so yeah no it makes sense it's a it's a beautiful model there what can you tell us about the back end? Because I know it's collecting, and I think like, in my research, there's some some cloud magic happening for our techie digital foresters. What can you yeah. share about the stack or technologies? <clears throat> yeah, we're based all all is working on like an Asia database that we have our own. We've developed our own for this system. What it was actually developed for the Logstack Pro, we can use it as the same way in the Logstack Leader. This backend is where we make all the planning done so so if a forwarder he has forward out a, a stack of wood and he's finished he can just pick up his phone take a picture of it and add in the details about it, the stack number what species how many underlay he put in and all that and when he uploads that the guy doing the measurement with the ipad he will get the notification on it and see oh it's a new new stack i can measure and when the area is done, he will know, okay, now we have 10 unmeasured stacks in this area and I'll go out there. And then he will see that all that is being transferred from a random mobile device to our backend and down to that unit used for measurement. Yeah. And when all the measurements are done, everything is, of course, uploaded to, to the backend again. Very cool. From there, the user can access the information, what measurement reports and get the, stati stat the statistics and how much they measured and all of that. And of course, everything can be, be uh, securely, you can say, divided into their own system. If, if they have like um, ERP system or something like that, where they use for selling the wood, we have like an API connection. So that's the good thing about data like this, that you can send it anywhere. So, so we can we're not in this to be like the leading in logistic programs and all of that we just want to make a, a good sharepoint where everyone can access their own data and put it into their own system yeah because we see in forestry that there's like hundreds of hundreds of different companies making logistic systems and stuff like that and we don't want to compete in that. We just want to make a good measurement system. Yeah, well, that's great. Focus, focus, focus. It's almost yeah, exactly. one on one in uh, entrepreneurship and and business. So, so thanks for sharing uh, that openly. You know more about the technology and what it's doing. It sounds amazing. It's a beautiful application. Uh, as I said, from first download on my iPad Pro, uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, UI, and, and I'm sure the the UX is going to be amazing. Uh, and I always like to have my kids test it first, because if the kid can figure it out, you know, it's like a forcer is going to get it as well. I'm yeah, exactly. Poked or shot by forcers listening or they're all giggling, yeah. laughing. It's got to be easy. So so at this point, I'm curious to to, to get your input on a couple <clears throat> of different views and and um, on the future. Um, so with this podcast, I always get people to to project out what the world could look like and what um, would get them excited. So on one end. 
I, I picture a Boston dynamic robot dog with an iPad pro with your soccer running, just running down, you know, the logging road and just, just scanning the, the stacks. And then you know, there's a cell connect, a Starlink somewhere and boom, the data is up. And then the clients, like, yeah. fantastic, uh, accurate, objective measurements. Um, on the whole robotic side is thing. Do you see that as something that get excited about or do you think it's too too early i, I basically I, I think that is the future at some point i'm not sure that i will see it in my career like being implemented fully but we'll definitely see a lot more of it we already see like automated planting machines in sweden and automated harvest harvesters and if they got to making a harvester automated of course we can make everything automated in that We've discussed it a lot. Why don't we just make a drone? We just fly out, measure the stack, and back in again. And basically, it's possible until like reality hits. Because sometimes they put the the deck of the stack inside the forest underneath branches. It's like it's not really an environmental for a drone. And there's all this quality part that that we will never lose that in forestry, as well as I'm concerned. I'm probably also damaged from my time as a purchaser because the quality of the logs that we're buying is also important and that takes some skilled eyes you'd like to look into a stack oh there's a little bit of rot in there i know this guy he'll normally do a good job this is a good stack and stuff like that all that will be difficult in a stack to find that information that takes a lot of experience a lot of looking into the stack and looking how it's stacked to see really how is the quality of this I'll probably eat my own words in like 10 years. We'll just fly out there, do like a 3D scan with some, I don't know, technology where we can look directly into it and learn all that's done, all, all the mistakes are. We even see like mills adding um, CT scanners on the entry of the mills. So yeah, they know everything about each piece of lock that's running into the factory. Yeah. So, I think we can have an idea of how the development will go, but we have, I don't think we have any idea where we would end up in, in even 15 years in this. Yeah. Well, but for that, I do still think that measurements will be done like this, at least for some years. Yeah. But there's a lot of holding back because people want to have control of their own wood and the measurements. So some will hold it back for many years, but I do see that industry measuring some of the logs, some of the volume themselves will probably be an ending point at, at some point. Yeah, yeah. But well, it's 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 fa fascinating points because one, I think you're touching on the complexity of forestry that often people don't appreciate, and especially mm -hmm. in let's say in an AI machine learning uh, scenario. Well, guess what? I'm pretty sure it snows in Denmark just as it snows in Canada, and seasonality yeah. can change things. But I think the also point, great point you mentioned, is that quality component is that we're not getting rid of foresters. You still need the forester subject matter expertise, and yeah. and that's never going to go uh, away. And and so fantastic two points. Uh, you're probably sensing where my next question is going to go because. Lately, it's all about chat GPT. Now it's even about auto GPT. You hear words like chaos GPT mm. and, and the need for regulation. Um, you're obviously using machine learning, which is a subset of AI and you know, deep learning is a, a further subset of that space. Um, what do you guys see like, or maybe is this a question for your, your crazy skilled developer with crazy ideas, but, but what do you guys talk about inside? Cause you're, you were doing machine learning from obviously several yeah. years yeah. and now it's kind of like, just, I call it craziness to be honest with you, yeah. but what, what's your view on this whole AI stuff and what it means for us foresters? It's, I, I really think it's hard to say for Forrester isolated what it would make a difference for us but i think for, for people in the entire world everything will be different in just five years we won't even imagine what will happen and i think foresters will probably see some of it coming some of it they won't even recognize they'll just use all the system use their phone as they've done for many years and all this technology will just be implemented everywhere we won't even know it's being implemented it will make our life easier but at some point we will also say was this really what we wanted? Um, I see that a lot of 
industries have the room to add all this technology and forestry has a big chance of developing as well. There is though some, um, some parts of forestry standing a little bit back because we are working with natural resource and it is natural and it's organic and we can't really control everything happening. So there will be probably for some a safe space still in forestry where you can actually, if you don't want to work with AR, you can actually probably go AI, you can probably go around it and work the rest of your, your life without it really being having a big influence on you. So I think there will be for some a safe place in forestry. But for my side, <laughs> we'll do what we can to implement it because it's great technology, at least with the right use it is. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. And, and so along those points, um, how many megapixels is too many? How many LiDAR <laughs> density is too many? Because Apple's going to keep making these iPad Pro, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. Going. But but at what point is it good enough? Would you say we're already good enough with Logstack LiDAR or, or, or is more better? We need you know, more megapixels, heck, put two LiDARs on them at multi-wavelength and, you know, put the stereo cameras on the iPad. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Are we at the point where good is good enough? Yeah, I think we're at like a point of like push and drag because when working with it, we want to have the biggest, biggest, best resolution. We want to get as close to the stack as possible, most LiDAR data as possible. But at the end of the day, people want to stand out in the forest. They want to finish the, the report and send it online. And they're like, oh, it can't be too big because it takes too much time because the 5G network is not even good enough. So the technology and the possibilities are huge with this. But we are really, every day we're like scaling it down because it's not possible because the infrastructure is not ready for everything that we can do. We can do a lot of work out on the system, but we have to like cut down the resolution every time be before sending it because it's not possible sending a two gig file up to a backend because people are saying we, we can't even email this we have to have to be smaller because it always hit like the the working use of, of each system so even as smart as it can get it can't get too smart because we have to like keep it down at some point at least for that area but I think Apple will continue. And I do hope, of course, they will continue with the leader system. I don't see a reason why not. But as you saw, just the step from the 13 Pro to the 14 Pro going from 12 megapixels to, I guess, 48 or something, it's, it's insane. All the information that they put into each pixel now, it's, it's incredible. For sure, for sure. So, so let's say Android ro rolls out a tablet with a, a LiDAR leader sensor. I don't know if they are. I'm, I'm in the Apple ecosystem. They suck yeah. me. It <laughs> started watching movies and buying all sorts of stuff. So I'm stuck in that ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but what if Android releases something where you're going to support it or, or it's simply a matter of who's got the, the right components in the tablet? Yeah, basically, I, I can say... If, if the amplitude of it will be big enough, yes, of course. If there will be enough units with the good enough hardware in it, we will, of course, support it. But right now, the only one we see delivering a system that's good enough is Apple. They actually didn't make the hardware themselves. They bought it from an, an Android delivering system, but that's how it is. But at least they got the best hardware. So until we see that development into the Android system where they like continuously are making good enough system, we will probably stay in Apple's uh, ecosystem on this. Of course, we won't let a market run away if, if, if there's a good leader technology in the Android. But uh, let's see what happens the next couple of years in that. For sure. Well, it's something to be said about Apple's chipsets. They're, they're, they're incredibly yeah. high performing. Yeah, incredible, and, uh, yeah. You know, not good use of power as well, but that's a whole different engineering conversation. So the last question I'm going to ask you in terms of, of looking forward, I'm going to stretch your mindset maybe, or ask you to stretch your mindset. Take me out, take me out 20 years. What do, what do you think the world of forestry looks like then? Or are there any certain technologies that you're kind of watching and, or you've joked around internally with Lars and the, the developer and, and stuff. Is there something that 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 gets you excited, really excited about the future? 
<clears throat> I, th I think it, it would be depend a lot of, of where in the world you are, of course. But 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 I do think we will see at least in some areas a bigger dividing of the use of land. Is it for ecosystems and and um, and biodiversity mainly, or will it for, be for production? I think we will see a bigger split in that. And the land used for production is oftenly a little bit more flat, a little bit more. There's not big, bigger, a big change in it. So everything that can be automized will be easier in the production farms. In Denmark, we've a lot of years seen that it's being like mixed in together, and I do think that the forest can actually do that, be productive, and also have the ecosystems. But I don't see the development in what people want is that they want to use wood furniture, but they don't want to see tree cut down. So I think we'll see a bigger dividing of, of more production areas and more areas for ecosystems. And when we do have that more uh, focus on production in some areas, there's also the possibility to make the technology even more in use. So as mentioned, the automotive harvesters, I think in some years, the biggest percentage, the biggest part of all that is harvest is done automotive. Why have another person sitting on that as a dangerous job? Why not just have a machine doing it? I think the possibility for for automotive systems in forestry is is amazing. It is. Yeah, yeah for sure. Anywhere from trucking to, to harvesting. And, and I, I know I used to joke where people would ask me, are you worried about uh, autonomous cars or vehicles and and I'd shake my head and say no I'm worried about the autonomous harvesters or the feller bunchers because they have a big exactly. that's yeah, the exactly. one I'm worried about not the car <laughs> I, but I have a good probability I could survive the car that hits me but yeah. that other one I don't yeah. think so but so so hey Jens I really enjoyed the conversation I enjoyed meeting you you and I have not met before so I always mm -hmm. love these these cold intros right into the podcast yeah yeah I'm looking forward to meeting you in person and, and uh, chatting in person and learning more about each other. Um, so for folks who are interested in following up and, and learning more, uh, the app is available through the App Store, um, the Apple yeah. App Store, so they can download that. Uh, there's some account creation stuff that that I know you have to do, and there's a demo mode, exactly. all that. But for folks who might want to say, hey, I'm ready to buy, I'm ready to place my order, I got X number of cubic meters, let's go. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Basically, I always find our webpage because that's where we have all the information, both for me and for the sales guys, wherever it, it will be relevant for them. So hdlocksystems.com, that will probably be the easiest way to find us. Otherwise, just go to our LinkedIn page and you can search the same HD Lock Systems. And that will also lead you into our webpage where you can find all information needed about the product and about how to find the local salesman for the system so so that is probably the best i can say and feel free to reach out for me i also like to hear a lot about the different problems people have with measurements we know systems like this it's not like a one one suit size fits all so we do have to make like small changes for each market each customers so don't be frustrated if the system is not like perfectly suited for you we can help you with that and and make it work for the local rules and stuff like that so so reach out for us and we can definitely uh, make something good out of it awesome so there you go folks if you need to reach jens hdlogsystems.com don't be afraid of needing some tweaks after all their developer built this by the sounds of it pretty pretty quickly so uh, i'm sure any help you need the uh the hd log systems team can help you out so Jens, yeah, awesome meeting you again appreciate you making some time you too. To talk with me i learned so much I'm going to go out uh, into the, my my park here and and give the app a test. And so wishing you all the best. I look forward to meeting you in person uh, one of these days. You too. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Bye for now.